Welcome to the Life Podcast. We're so glad that you're joining us for another hope-filled message. We pray that you're encouraged by this powerful word from our Sunday service. It is great to be here, and what a cool Sunday. I don't know whether you're here for the very first time, uh, like myself, (laughs) or you've been here a little while, but, you know, it's so awesome to be able to celebrate one whole year. And uh, it's gone very, very quickly. I think it was, what, maybe 18 months ago where we had one of the interest nights that we were down for in a little cafe, which is awesome. It feels like yesterday. And then obviously we're able to be in the university for a while and now I'm here. Nothing better than Jesus and the movies. (laughs) We should just have popcorn every week, right? Because then if you don't like what the preacher's saying, you just throw the popcorn at him. But uh, it's cool to be here. And like I said, it's, it's great to see so many people that we've already know are a part of the journey of life for many years, and maybe this is your first time discovering what church is uh, coming into Life Todong. Great to have you a part of the family, and I really believe that as we come together uh, from all different walks of life, ages and stages, when we come under the common name of Jesus, He inhabits our lives and our corporate gathering, and we're going to go to His Word in a moment, and maybe this is foreign for you, or like myself, you've grown up in church, it's like your second home. I believe in the power of God's Word, and uh, we're not going to take a whole lot of time, but I do believe God wants to challenge and encourage each of us. Uh, No good just coming to church, going out the same way you walked in, and sometimes that means that in my life I've learned I've got to be encouraged and then challenged, and so uh, I hope both happen to every single one of us today, and if you've got your Bible, then I'd love for you to turn to the book of Luke, good name that. And uh, we're going to read Luke chapter 6, so I'll give you a moment to get there. But just want to take a moment to honor uh, Pastor Logan and Bri. You guys are legends. I've uh, known you for a long time, obviously, but uh, just on behalf of all of us, thank you for, you know, going ahead, going before, because, you know, I always say this about life. If it wasn't for our founding pastors, Pastor Paul and Marie, we would not be here. But if it wasn't for this incredible couple saying, you know what, we believe this is in our heart, we believe this is what God's asking us to, we wouldn't be here even today. And so can we put our hands together and honor our campus pastors? You guys are legends. So good. All right, it says this in Luke 6, verse 43. A good tree can't produce bad fruit, and a bad tree can't produce good fruit. Pretty simple. Jesus was a simple guy. <laughs> He taught in parables, what are parables, where they are stories that help unpack the infinite wisdom of the kingdom into our puny little brains here on earth. And he starts off by telling his disciples, telling you and I, it's quite simple. If you have a good tree, it will produce good fruit. If there's a bad tree, it will produce bad fruit. It goes on to say, and a tree is identified by its fruit. Figs are never gathered from thorn bushes, and grapes are not picked from bramble bushes. A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart, and an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. What you say flows from what is in your heart. It goes on in verse 46. Jesus asked the question, which I believe he's asking our generation today, so why do you keep calling me Lord, Lord? When you don't do what I say, ouch. (laughs) I'll show you what it's like when someone comes to me, listens to my teaching, that's what we're doing today, but then doesn't just listen, follows it. When someone listens to God's word and someone follows God's word, it's like a person building a house who digs deep and lays the foundations 
on solid rock. When the floodwaters rise, when the stuff called life hits us, when we go through the sucky seasons, when we go through a job loss or a fight in the family or we don't know what's going on, we feel like the society is out of control. When it's not making sense, when the floodwaters rise and they break against that house, it stands firm. Why? Because it's well built. But anyone who hears and doesn't obey is like a person who builds a house without a foundation. When the floods sweep down against that house, it will collapse into a heap of ruins. Not it might. It will. And we're really faced with two opportunities to build on something that will stand the test of time or go with the flow, so to speak, and find out that the ruins will be our reward. <laughs> The message simply is this for the title of today's couple of moments together is Surrendered and Surrendering. Surrendered and Surrendering. Father, we thank you that you are here as has already been prayed. You are our good shepherd. But I just pray as we come around your word, let it not be a bunch of ideas from me. But Lord, would you speak in and through my life to every single one of us here? We need more of you. We take a moment to honor you. You are the good shepherd the King of all, and we ask that you'd have your way in and through our lives. This wouldn't just be another service we do or another message I preach, but you would speak to us in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said, amen. amen. Have you ever had a boss that was really awesome? As a young person, <laughs> classic, nice try. As a young guy, I remember at 16 years old, I got the best job any teenage boy could get. It was working at a go-kart track. I love go-karts. I grew up loving go-karts. I'm not the tallest tool in the shed, as you can see, so I fit into go-karts nicely, could get around the course or the track quite fast. I got this job, and the best thing about the job was not changing the tires or fixing the crashes uh, or telling people, no, you can't drive in jandals, you need shoes. It was actually the fact that my boss was a 21-year-old petrol head. <laughs> so whenever there was no one at the track, he was the best boss because he would just say to us, guys working there, go for your life. Have as many laps as you want. And we just drove go-karts and got paid for it. <laughs> that was a great, great job. It was actually hard driving home at nights now that I think about it because you thought you were in a go-kart when you left the track and there was no one on the road. And so you tend to speed a bit too much. But anyway, I was thinking as good as it was about this guy who was our boss. Anyone ever had a terrible boss? Don't acknowledge that, Logan. <laughs> Hannah Wallace, yeah, 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 classic. You know, when I grew up, when I left high school, I built houses for two years. And he was a good boss, but he was a very hard boss. It was me and this old school builder, two of us building houses. He liked to try and finish a house in five weeks. Uh, yeah, we were doing things that would be very much frowned upon today, like uh, going up onto the roof with no scaffolding or taking a chainsaw up into the roof, nailing some bracing to the trusses and lopping it off at the right length when it was already up there, not measuring and cutting it down on the ground. But uh, <laughs> he often asked me to do things I didn't really want to do. And as an 18, 19-year-old kid, I thought I knew better. You know those, any parents of teenagers here? Yeah, yeah, my oldest is nine, so she's getting close to being this way. But I'll never forget it because there were often times where I was so convinced I knew better, only to find out that he wasn't being hard or unfair, he was being wise. 
and helpful to teach me a lesson that actually this is the way you need to do what you need to do. And we read a passage of scripture like this, and it can be very easy, or we listen or read a title, Surrendered and Surrendering, it can be very easy to shrink back and think, Ugh, I don't like where this is going. But as Jesus is pointing out in Luke 6, if you and I would live not just by listening to what he says, but in a way where we follow Good Shepherd, we actually would see our lives stand the test of time where we would see the fruitfulness come. I still to this day can drive past those neighborhoods where I helped build the house and go, I built that. <laughs> Truth be told, I was 18 years old. I had no qualification. I got paid $10 an hour, and I just did what I was told, often at times begrudgingly, as a great teenager does. But now, all these years later, the house still stands. And I've seen in my own life time and time again that when we trust God at his word, it might not be popular, it might be quite countercultural, it might be upside down in the world and the society we live in, but when we listen and follow his way, when we live surrendered and constantly are surrendering, you never lose out, you only move forward. And the challenge for every single one of us is to understand who he is not just what he does. See, the Bible says, as Jesus asked the question, why do you call me Lord, Lord, yet you don't obey me? And Lord is an old school word. I don't think many of us would know too many Lords in our life. <laughs> you see it on the Disney movies. <laughs> Lord Farquaad. Yeah. <laughs> But why I'm using the illustration of the boss is it's probably the easiest word I can help translate the reality of who Jesus should be in our lives. The boss knows best. The boss is in control. <laughs> the boss has power, authority, and really has the ability to make things happen. I think we can all appreciate that if we turned up to work tomorrow and our boss asked us to do something and we said, no thanks, it's not going to go too well. I think we could appreciate that if you did that several days in a row or several weeks, weeks in a row, the boss is probably going to come to you and ask you to reconsider whether this is the place for you to work. Why? Because he's the boss. She's the boss. When we read a passage like this, we fail, we, we, if we're not careful, we fail to understand that Jesus is trying to make the point, I am a good boss, I'm the 21-year-old, <laughs> petrol head, <laughs> I want the best for your life, but realize if you just listen and don't obey, when, doesn't say if, when the storm comes, there will be ruins as a result, but if you would trust me at who I am, and let me lead you and guide you, as we've already heard today, you will look back and say, man, I'm still standing. Just keep thinking of that other movie, kids movie. I'm still standing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Thankfully, though, as we discover, Jesus never does anything, say anything, or expect anything from us that we can't handle ourselves, or that isn't actually to benefit our lives. This is why being a Christian is so much better than being a part of any other religion, 
not because it makes you and I better than anyone else, but because it's relationship, where it doesn't matter whether you're good enough or you've done enough, God still says, I got you. Long before you and I could have ever chosen him, the Bible says, he chose us. And so you and I get to be who we are, and God's like, that's what I'm about. I'll never forget getting the job with the builder. I was a lazy teenager. I had all internal subjects in my sixth form year, year 12 these days. And so I had no exams at the end of the year. So I finished in November for exam holidays, and I didn't go back until the 7th of December to sign out. It was awesome. So I had all of November off, all of December off, all of January off, all of February off. And then my dad came in at the beginning of March. He said, listen, boy, if you don't get a job by the end of this week, you're out of the house. (laughs) (laughs) So I opened up the local paper because that's how I was back then, sounding old now. (laughs) Google, no. And uh, there was a guy advertising for a hammer hand. So I rang him up and he he said, come down at 3 p.m. on Friday. So I did that. And he said, right, you've got two hours to nail off this jib board. 150 mil centers, here's a hammer, here's some nails. If you get it all done and you don't put a hole in the wall, you've got a job. <laughs> I passed the test and then I worked for him for two years ago, paid $10 an hour, what a time. <laughs> but what I'm, I guess, getting at is that every single one of us have free access. I didn't have to be good enough for this guy in terms of qualification, I just had to be available and willing to do what he had said. Jesus says, you and I never have to measure up. Maybe you've had the toughest week of your life. Maybe you've had a disappointing week. Maybe you feel guilty or you're living with shame because of something that's happened to you or something you've done. Jesus doesn't look at that week and go, oh, unlucky you. No, he looks at you and says, you're good. Because I don't care what you've done or what you may do. I've got you. That's how good the good shepherd is. But the question as Jesus is posing here, is will we not just listen, but will we obey? Will we follow through with what he's saying? Jesus is Lord. That's the truth, whether people acknowledge that fact or not. He is. It's not about the proof and the pudding of people following him, although that's how we come to discover that he is not just a good idea or some human being that roamed this earth. He is Lord. He's more than just the Messiah. He's more than just the Savior. He is actually not just Lord. He's Lord of all. And the Bible makes it really clear that one day every single knee will bow and every tongue will confess that. That at the end of the days, at the end of the age, here on earth, every single person will get to the point where they will face that reality. The challenge is, whether we'll make the decision in our here and now to have a house that won't be shaken. See, it's good news, but it's a decision point to bear that out. I may have done a great job on the Friday at 3 p.m. and didn't put any holes in the wall, but how many know as an 18-year-old, I started feeling it third, fourth weekend when I was having to be there at 5.30 in the morning and I used to like to sleep in. How many know when I was feeling it when I made a mistake where we were lining up the bottom floor of the house and squaring it up. And I went and concrete nailed it all in before actually lining it up. And so the whole house was going to be off center for the rest of the build. So we had to start again. How many know that was a bad day? (laughs) That's where you get to pay me $10. No. (laughs) But the challenge is that if we would see it for what it is, the alignment Jesus is saying here will help you and I 
have the greatest life we would ever have. But if we're not careful, society will say, all you've got to do is just listen to it, but don't obey it because it doesn't make sense. But if Jesus is to be your Savior, he must first be your Lord. When it comes to a life of faith, our relationship with Jesus and how we outwork that, the question really is, am I surrendered and am I surrendering? See, I've been a Christian a long time. I'm 36 years old, made a decision when I was three years old. Like I said, I'm a real church rat. (laughs) But there's been many moments, and recently, you may have heard me share it on the screen. Um, I'm a movie star, apparently, Logan tells me. (laughs) But I had a real challenge with my heart recently. Turns out I was born with something known as Wolf-Parkinson-White syndrome. I'm superhuman. I've got an extra electrical pathway in my heart. I must have, they said, had episodes throughout my life, which I now can recount. Yep, that must have been it. That must have been it, but I didn't know it at the time. But I had such a bad episode where I got onto this extra pathway in my heart. My heartbeat got up to 250 beats a minute. And in fact, for over two hours, it was between 210 and 220 beats a minute until I went to hospital and they shocked it back into rhythm. But how many know when life in those moments feel completely out of control, you've got to make a decision? Who do I trust? As soon as I was in a place known as A&E, where there was medical professionals, there was a great peace. That, cool, whatever happens, I'm in the best care. I got rushed into an ambulance post that because they couldn't fix it, into the hospital, into the ED. They start, you know, giving me a free wax on my chest to put all these monitors on there and the shock things and I'm like it's all happening but there was an incredible piece when you know you're in a room with people that do this every single day although I might be freaking out my heart's going crazy this guy's talking to me like uh, no it's all good hey man so welcome what we're doing is shaving your chest we're going to put all these sticky things on and hopefully will help when we take them off later we're getting some oxygen ready hey these are shock pads like he's just talking like it's a normal day at the office which it is Whereas I'm going, this is not normal. This is the first time this has happened and I'm not feeling great. (laughs) Nothing the Bible says surprises God. In fact, everything happens in a cyclic nature where there's nothing new, the Bible says, under the sun. There's a season, there's a time for everything. When you know that He is not just Savior, but He is Lord, I knew that the moment I was out of control when it came to my heart, God, I trust that you are in this, even though I don't believe you caused this. In fact, I give my mate stick because I was helping him shovel dirt at his new house, and that's when it happened. So I was like, mate, I've been telling you, you could have paid a proper landscaper. I'm just a part-time outdoorsman, you know. I'm behind a computer and a Bible most of my life. (laughs) But it's the difference between... Jesus saving me and I'm now getting to heaven, you beauty, to Jesus being my Lord and my shepherd and the one that's leading me so that no matter whether it's a mountaintop moment or whether it's a valley experience, I can trust he is in control. Because the truth is Jesus is first Lord before he can actually be Savior. You may know him as Savior because you made a decision to say yes to him, But for him to be able to be saviour and to save you, he must first be Lord to have the authority to do so. 
It says this in John 14, 23. Jesus answered them, those who love me will obey my teaching. My father will love them. My father and I will come to them and live with them because of our obedience to his word, not just the listening of his word. Now he inhabits himself in who we are. How cool is that? The word Lord was an earthly term used to give honor to someone in authority back in the day. When Jesus came along and they crucified crucified him and he raised himself from the dead. What a superpower that is, if that's your thinking. The word Lord took on the meaning of God to people in that day and that time. I want you to capture this because this is really, really important. In the New Testament, Lord is most frequently used for Jesus Christ. We live in the New Testament days. In fact, it's used over 740 times to talk about who Jesus is. It's paramount that we understand he is first Lord before he can be Savior. There's a shift that happened that day that Jesus raised himself from the dead. Everything changed because of who he was and what he was able to do for you and I. He was the same human, but there was now something different because all power and all authority had been given to him. In fact, Acts puts it this way, book of Acts 2.36. So let everyone in Israel know for certain that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, to be both Lord and Messiah. So here's the question. If you're taking notes because you want to get to heaven, (laughs) write this down. Is Jesus Lord of my life? Don't get condemned if the answer is maybe. Or even if it's no, because the Bible says there's no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. But if it's a, ooh, yeah, yeah, he is. Maybe not in that area, but we'll get to that. (laughs) Maybe not in that area, but we'll get to that. Is he truly the Lord of your life? Lord of your family? Lord of your decisions? Lord of your finances? Lord of your calling? Lord of your healing? Lord of your life? Is he Lord of all? Because in saying Jesus is Lord, we're now committing ourselves to not just listen to his word, not just hear his word, but to obey his word. If you've been a Christian a little while like me, you'll know there's a real attack going on in our society for this book. Oh, it's not relevant. Oh, it was written by humans. Oh, it's old school thinking. Oh, it doesn't fit who we are today. No, no, no. When you actually discover it and read it through the understanding that he is Lord, everything in here sets you and I up for a strong foundation and a house that will stand the test of time. Your life will be better every single day for it. It's not that it won't be hard. We don't get an excuse to avoid ourselves of the fallen world our lives live in. But we have not only a savior, but we have a Lord, a shepherd that can lead and can guide. If he is Lord, he must be Lord of all to be Lord at all. (laughs) The good news is he's not against you. Some people read this and say, man, that sucks. I don't want that. That means I can't do this, that, and everything else. But actually, you start to discover the boundaries that are in place allow you and I to live with full freedom. Because the way God has designed life to be lived in our day, in our century, in our time, in our society, helps you and I win. (laughs) 
He helps you and I be the best versions of ourselves. He helps you and I, as Luke 6, as we read earlier, puts it, to be fruitful, good fruitful trees, to be solid, very solid houses, to be winning in every aspect of our life. And 1 Peter 1 verse 3 to 7, I love it, says this, Hey, all praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by His great mercy that we have been born again, because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Now we live with great expectation. Do you live with great expectation? Or is it, oh, not, a, not another Monday? When that alarm clock goes off, are you like, you beauty, <laughs> I get to go to work and tell people about our Savior. You beauty, I get to go to work and earn a living. You beauty, I get to contribute to the things of earth in my short but vapor time of life. Or are you kind of dreading life? Because we get to live when he's Lord with a great expectation. Verse 4 says, and we have a priceless inheritance. This is why we should be expecting life to be great. An inheritance that is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled, beyond the reach of change and decay. And through your faith, your belief in God, and you're obeying Him. God is protecting you by His power until you receive the salvation, which is ready to be revealed on the last day for all to see. So be truly glad. Are you truly glad? Or just glad when it goes all right? When the sun's shining. <laughs> there is wonderful joy ahead. Someone needs to hear that today. There is wonderful joy ahead. Even though you must endure many trials for a little while, these trials will show you that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. Though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and much glory and much honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. Truth is, Jesus is Lord. And I'm going to get the legends to come and join me because I want you to capture the truth of this reality. He doesn't just get to be your get out of jail free card or your get out of hell free card. He actually gets to be your shepherd. You and I get to have Jesus, who is God, the creator of all heavens and all earth. You get and I get to have him lead and guide us into all truth, to actually have a life that goes long past our life here on earth. <laughs> when you discover the wonder of Jesus as Lord, not just as Messiah or Savior, you start to realize God himself is not looking for compliance, but he is looking for surrender. And I've discovered in 33 years of being a Christian that it's not just a decision I made when I was three and then when I was nine years old because I swore for the first time in the playground at school because someone stole my chatterings and I made sure I was at church on Sunday to wash myself clean. <laughs> but each and every day there's an opportunity to ask myself, am I surrendered and am I surrendering? Because society will ask you and I to measure up. Society will tell you, when you get there, when you arrive, then you'll have it all. Then you'll feel good. Then life will make sense. Whereas a life as a Christian 
is not about arriving, it's about journeying. That's why it's not just surrendered, but it's also surrendering. Because there's going to be things each and every day. The guy felt really good as I was hanging out with all the geriatrics in the hospital, heart ward. I was the 30 years younger than anyone I saw in there. <laughs> and they all kept saying, why are you in here? You're too young. I was like, yeah, I'm feeling good. And then the doc comes in, he says, you're too old for this to have happened for the first time. Thanks, mate. <laughs> but I discovered that when I went through the confusion or the out-of-control nature of something significant like the heart, and I've got to go in for a second procedure on in a couple of weeks' time, where if they can't get it through the blood vessel up this way, they'll come through the chest. And it's like, even in that, it's like, oh, does that scare you? And I'm like, well, on, on a practical or a natural level, of course, it would scare anyone but not really when I'm trusting that God has got my life in his hands and that I don't believe he's finished with me yet. And so therefore, whatever I have to outwalk post that will be what it'll be because he is Lord, he is leading, he is guiding. But I've got to surrender every day to the fact of who he is. And it's in the surrender we start to discover the wonder of who he can now be for us. God gets to be God in our lives when we come to him and say, we need you. Well, let's put it personally. I need you. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this podcast. We trust that you were encouraged by this powerful message. You always have a place to call home here at Life. And we invite you to join us for our Sunday services at any of our Auckland campuses. If you're not in Auckland, then check us out, Church Online, wherever you are in the world. Just head to lifenz.org or download the Life app to stay connected and find out more. 